welcome to the Cosmic Matrix podcast with Laura Matsu and Bernard Gunther. Today's topic is going to be about spiritual integrity and the importance of both inner and outer work. So we'll get to the definition of what we mean by spiritual integrity later, but let's first talk about what do we mean by inner and outer work. So let's just clearly define that because uh, many people think that their outer work in the world is a job that they go to, but not necessarily so. So Bernhard is going to just talk about that briefly. Um, yeah, what do we mean by inner and outer work? Yeah, inner and outer work, we relate it to the process of awakening to become more aware. The inner work really um, comprises basic self-work, psychological self-work, spiritual self-work, and various different uh, practices. To become more aware of oneself, to know yourself, to understand yourself, to work through your wounding, conditioning, programming, and find your true center within, right? To separate what is true and false within. And outer work relates to having a better understanding of reality in terms of understanding how the world works, to see through the matrix mechanisms, so to speak, through the cultural conditioning, official culture, and separating truth and lies, um, in the outer world, so to speak, and all of it is actually interrelated, the inner work and the outer work, because obviously, we, unless you have a very high level of awareness and being, you can never perceive the world or reality objectively. So the whole process of inner and outer work is to become to a more and more objective view and understanding, which goes beyond the intellect of yourself and the world, so to speak. And I want to quote Gurdjieff about this from In Search of the Miraculous, written by his student Ospensky, where he quotes or cites Gurdjieff, In right knowledge, the study of man must proceed on par parallel lines with the study of the world, and the study of the world must run parallel with the study of man. So it's interrelated, and I've seen it in my own process. You know, it could never be separated. But what we want to get into a little bit now, you know, we see there's... Usually, generally speaking, obviously every individual is different, but generally speaking, there are certain groups of people, certain type of people who overly focus on one aspect, for example, the inner work, and completely disregard the outer world and even deny it and all of that. Um, the outer world, the physical world, and and have no understanding of, of, of how it works. And on the opposite end, uh, other side of the coin, there are people who are extremely focused on the outside world. Um, you know, especially in the so-called truth movement, you know, um, becoming almost falling into the trap of the revolutionary mind on trying to figure out the world intellectually of what's going on, the matrix, the lies, the deceptions and all of that, but they are lacking the inner work. They don't take self-responsibility. So these are the two opposites, so to speak. Yeah, I can definitely relate to falling into one of those traps personally, um, I took the new age pill, as you say, when I first got into my journey, um, mostly because I was feeling very amazing myself. Like I was, I felt very bad for many years until I went through my own process of inner work. And then I used to project how I was feeling externally onto the world. So I think that the new age uh, in particular tends to focus on like all is love, everything is amazing. And then they, They, they fail to disregard the fact that we're all different and there's going to be narcissists out there. There's going to be sociopaths. There's going to be psychopaths. And 
also they don't really understand how the world works. They almost have this over idealized view of the world based on the feelings that they're uh, focusing on. And a lot of the new age practices are really about activating these like high feelings of bliss and they call it all sorts of different names that you'll never understand. But it's really about just getting almost a little bit ungrounded too. Cause yes, like there is this like infinite source of love and that you can access, but it isn't this heightened emotional feeling. And I think what they tend to do is also uh, project their idealism onto the world as well, instead of being able to see reality as it is, which is the duality of like, which is good and bad. So I think you've also had more experience in the truth movement. Maybe you can talk about uh these are kind of two sides of the same coin, basically, two extremes. Like the New Age is all, also tends to be very focused on their inner experience and their inner wounds. And it's all really, it can be very self-centered. And then the truth movement is also focused very much externally on what's going on in the world. And just to generalize, I feel like they, a lot of them have, uh, don't have the balance of the inner work. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I just wanted to add about the New Age because I also took the New Age pill at some point. Um, the New Age deception also entails, as you said, um, you know, this can turn into very narcissistic practice about you. You create on the, the distortion of you create your own reality, the disease of solipsism and all of that, meaning that you create your reality, mm. reality just by the beliefs you have. And you're basically even solipsism separate from everybody else's reality. Yeah. It's a very tunnel vision, very distorted. Not that we don't do not create our reality, but it's very different from the deep esoteric teachings. Yeah. If I don't believe in it, it's not real. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, there's only my truth and your truth, but there's no objective truth, which in fact there is. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and it also ties the new age deception. That there's no evil. You know, all this is love. And the, you said it, you know, they use these, what I call higher truths, you know, which are actually true in themselves from a higher perspective. All this is love mm -hmm. and all is one. But on this lower level, everything is one, but there are vast different levels of being between human beings. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has a soul, you know, that ties into a deep esoteric topic of organic portals. Or like you said, there are psychopaths born genetically without a conscience. We may look the same from the outside, but our internal wiring and landscape are vastly different, right? Yeah, and love is also the ability to see things as they are, not how you would like them to be. Exactly, and love is also not necessarily an emotion, but as it said in the esoteric tradition, love is knowledge. Love is not, not intellectual knowledge, but a deep understanding to see things as they are, right? So, with regards with the so-called truth movement, well, it's kind of tricky because I don't even see... Um, see a truth movement i'm certainly not part of any movement but just to define it the truth movement generally speaking is like people who just you know in a positive sense speak out about the atrocities in the world how we're being lied to the lies of government or going deeper secret societies illuminati how we're being manipulated chemtrails geoengineering uh you know and even going even deeper even the hyperdimensional aspect and, and alien and ufos what partly i talk about But I've noticed, you know, and I've been in a few conferences and speaking at um, uh, at events where the very popular figureheads of the so-called truth movements and it's very well attended. It's fun to be around there. But what I've noticed, again, I'm talking generally, so it's not everybody fits into that. But generally speaking, uh, a lot of these people, they're overly focused on the outside world. 
mm. right? And I've sensed even energetically a lot of these uh, the people they are not very embodied. They're not taking care of themselves. Not taking care of themselves <laughs> at all level, even on the basic physical level, yeah. with basic diet, exercise, yeah. and let alone on the emotional level. I've noticed a lot of the amazing scholars and intellects have a vast understanding of how quote unquote the matrix works, mostly only on a three D level, but have can easily get triggered, shadow project, and sometimes have the emotional intelligence of a 10-year-old. Mm -hmm. You know, no dis disrespect, but, you know, there's a something, a certain spiritual maturity missing, and it shows that there's a lack of sincere inner work, and everything is externalized, and then most often fall into the blame trap, victim trap, or what Gurdjieff called the trap of the revolutionary mind, and then feed into the divide and conquer frequency from the hyperdimensional perspective, you know, even to the point of projecting there, we must kill all the psychopaths and evil, mm. you know, the trap of eradicating evil, not understanding that evil is also expression of divine God experiencing itself subjectively the dark side of creator, but it's part of duality. You cannot have one without the other. Yeah. But the process of awakening is through the inner work to transcend, transmute your inner life to unite the inner male and female to transcend you and transmute duality. So you're beyond uh, um, dark and light, right? You're not attached basically to either sides, even the political spectrum, you see it, you know? People easily identify themselves as whatever particular side or they identify themselves even as anarchists, anarchism. And the moment you identify yourself with something, it creates the opposite. Mm -hmm. There's no anarchism without statism. It's one defines the other on an opposite end. So that's why, again, going back to the topic, it's really important to have both integrated. And on the opposite hand, with people who are, let's say, overly focused on inner work, we see this not only in New Age, but also in, in, you know, let's say mainstream yoga, in the mainstream yoga world, the yoga community. And or mainstream psychology Mainstream as well. psychology, mainstream pop spirituality, you know, a lot of very popular authors out there um, who have no understanding of the world out there, of the matrix, how it works, and actually feed into most of the New World Order socialist Fabian agenda, Travis Stock, Frankfurt School. Research that if you want to understand what's going on at the basic level in the 3D world. And it shows itself in this NPC, non-playable character behavior, right? The tram bashing and all of that, like the liberal, progressive, self-righteous, social justice warrior. But then without understanding how the matrix works, they feed into the divide and conquer. They feed into the matrix and they're being controlled by forces they have no awareness of and even deny, even though they have the inner work. Right, inner work yeah. in terms of just basic psychology or spiritual work. And sometimes you can have all the understanding on the psychological processes and the yoga theories, but I, I mean, I, before I practiced yoga, I think it was just a common understanding. There was a lot of yoga teachers out there who were still assholes who were giving yoga a bad reputation because it's like, why, you know, they're doing this amazing spiritual practice, but why is it so? And it's because they weren't actually able to apply all this knowledge to basic everyday circumstances. And I think that that's a challenge in itself. Like we all get caught up in our own things, but that you also, you have to maintain the sincere effort all the time. And I think especially with yoga in the West, like a lot of people got into it at the right time at the right place. They also got into it because they knew I think they could benefit financially from it. And then their ego started feeling, feeding off the fame. So that in itself became a derailment from maybe what was a sincere interest to begin with. And, and also, you know, like as much as I like how they've 
brought in the neurobiology of meditation and yoga, it's also important to have these fundamental spiritual values that carry your practice and be able to practice them in the world. And that's easier said than done, too, because in order to really demonstrate kindness to the world, you have to get rid of a lot of your shit that's in the way of, of doing that. It's not just being like, oh, just smile at you and be happy and like bow and say namaste. Like it's not that's that's how you can inauthentically do it. But in order to be truly kind, I feel and demonstrate this compassion that they talk about in the spiritual circles, you have to get rid of everything that's in the way of you of you being genuine to others. And that's all the lies you tell yourself, all the self-deception, all the ideas on who you think you are. And that's the hardest work of all. So, um, yeah, I think other than like those, the, the new age and truth movement as two extremes, uh, also there's this balance of doing inner and outer work. Like as you do more inner work, you ha- you can't, you can't just do the inner work in a cave in India like they used to do. Well, you can, but I don't think it's very effective. It's also learning how to be in the world and learning what to understand the world as well. And like, I think it's normal for us to want to project our own experience onto the world at first, but then we learn to see that not everyone is having that experience uh, that we are having and not everyone is the same. Like I, I remember when I was first kind of accessing these different states of consciousness, I guess you could say. I would automatically think that like, oh, you know, I'm feeling it was a new age deception and being like, oh, the world is a mirror of me all the time. I would think everyone was sincere in their spiritual process. Everyone wanted to face their shit as well. And that just didn't turn out to be true. And I learned that from experience, too. And also, you know, just not that that also was not an act of love in itself to see people for differently than how they were. So um. Do you want to talk more about this uh, kind of lack of being and understanding you see in popular spiritual teachers these days? Yeah, let's talk about uh, what you just alluded to as well. Maybe define, we talk about, you know, you know, like the title of this podcast, Spiritual Integrity, and what actually integrity means. Yeah, so the definition of integrity is, sorry, I'm just pulling it up on my phone. It means wholeness, essentially. There's a couple major definitions, but one of them is the quality of state of being complete or undivided. And then there's another one, which is a firm adherence to a code of especially moral uh, or artistic values. And like, you know, a lot of atheists think that like morality is subjective, but I don't feel personally it is. Like, I think that you can also that's a sense of knowing like you can know when something is right or wrong. Like if I do something terrible to someone, my level of being, if it's evolving, mm-hmm. will be able to recognize that. And I can feel like healthy guilt, as they the, say, the basic function of true conscience. Exactly. And then uh, the quality or state of being complete or undivided and uh, in in Shongyan Rinpoche, uh, yeah, Shongyan Trumpa Rinpoche's book, he talks about how you have to have that union of body and mind. They talk about, I mean, yoga even means union of body and mind, but that means like 
I feel like when we have any time that anything is not going right in our life and we're getting frustrated, there's not there's a basic fundamental lack of that union. And I think that I think that that's also shows externally in people who, you know, like they have I know I've been guilty of this and I'm still it still happens to me. They can have this amazing meditation or yoga practice, but then they leave rude comments on people's Facebooks in their spare time. Like, so there's not an alignment there. So what do you feel the definition of uh, integrity is personally? I mean, personally, in my own life, you know, staying integrity, meaning you know, being true to yourself, which is slippery slope because who is the self anyway? Most often people mistake their conditioned programmed self or justified as opposed to their true self beyond the masks, wounds and conditioning and programs, which we all have to varying degrees. But, you know, my, speaking out of my own personal experience and life, so, so what is the intention in life, especially when you start engaging in spiritual practice or self-work or want to learn about the world? Why do you do what you do? And as I mentioned before, my work started because of deep suffering. I truly needed to figure myself out, learn, understand myself. Otherwise, I would have died, literally killed myself and understand the world because the world doesn't make sense. Question everything I've been taught and told. So I had this sincere intention from early on to wanting to understand the world, to not leave any turn to... Um, Stone. Sto uh, stone <laughs> not leave any stone un unturned and not shy away from looking into any topics even topics that are deemed taboo and also speak out about them it's been my path and I started you know I've never planned consciously this to have this as a quote-unquote career to be a writer or coach in the work I do helping others it just came out of my own sincere uh drive to wanting to understand myself and the world and then speaking out i never cared about what other people really think about me i never cared you know how you know i never had you know any uh concerns in terms of like oh is this going to affect my career negatively if i talk about this or my work no like it was about conscience it goes back to the word my conscience like when especially back in my days when i was more like you know i also for me in and out of work were always deeply intertwined but at some point, definitely, it was also more the truth movement naturally because, you know, as, as the saying goes, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. And, you know, listening to Rage Against the Machine and fuck the system, but going even deeper and wanting to um, spread awareness about these topics, even about extremely taboo topics, which a lot of people shy away from uh, because they're afraid of the repercussion of what other people may think about and they get trapped within the matrix thinking because then their career, their uh, bank account, their success, whatever in status is the, for them more important than truth. So that's for me uh, being out of alignment with integrity, not being truly in integrity and people can still lie to themselves why they do what they do or deny certain topics they have never really sincerely looked into. But I see this a lot uh, especially in 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 the yoga community and like more mainstream spiritual pop spiritual community and all of this there's you know the avoidance of of tackling topics that you know may be bad for business so to speak mm -hmm. yeah i mean i had a similar journey as you as well um i was very i thought i was like a rebel punk rocker in my teenage years i read ad busters very young like i found it when i was 14 
and uh, it immediately it just made sense and i saw through the deception of how the media manipulates us constantly and how we're just being brainwashed all the time i also had experiences in a psychiatric war that did the mk ultra experiment so i had some pretty direct experiences with the the i mean everyone does but some aren't able to see it with just the lies of the world very young but i was completely lacking the inner work and even though i read like you know alan watts i had zero spiritual practice back then and that was really my own journey so it's interesting to see how it almost goes in certain phases it's not like you have to constantly be focused on inner and outer work at the same time but it's like it's like a dance you do it's like you create this more inner understanding Mm -hmm. you you also compare it to the world because we also can't understand our own inner work until it's practiced in relationship with the world as well and engaging with the world because that's what really truly holds the mirror up to us and I know my own spiritual integrity. The reason, interestingly, you talk about suffering too, that was also the reason that my own journey started. I remember after I had like my like quote unquote big awakening experience at the end of 2012, I remember picking up this book jokingly, uh, but not so jokingly. It was like 101 ways to avoid reincarnation. And I was just realizing, I was like, oh my God, like I got to figure this out or else I'm going to not only have to go through the same patterns in my day to day life, but I'm just caught in this like loop of suffering I could see just within the patterns of my own life. Not obviously I'm not talking referring to remembering my past lives or anything i was just like i just need to get out of this loop of suffering the same patterns over and over again because it was really painful um so that's where my own journey started but then i and uh, similar to you i just started putting information out there i had like a uh, social media accounts so i was posting information i was like putting it with images it was also a form of like my own artistic process as well like sharing this information with people it's like oh how beautiful it is i could present the information that i'm learning about with other people I thought it was amazing. And then quickly I started writing a book and then my ego got caught up in it because I was like, yes, if I get a publishing deal with my second book, I can, you know, use this as a quote unquote career. And then my Instagram got popular. And then it was like that actually kind of terrified me, too, because I think on a soul level, I could see how like this, like these temptations were trying to kind of derail me and which it did, because a certain point I remember for at least like I would say a year, but like censoring myself constantly being like, oh, like, you know, like what what do people like? Like what's gonna like thinking about, and I think it's important to consider the other person, but I was really censoring what I was going through because I wanted to be more popular and be more accepted by people and not be truthful and authentic. So I I derailed from my, my path that I started on to begin with by getting caught in these temptations. And I think easily, since spiritual materialism is a is a big thing in the West these days, and everyone's into like either yoga or meditation or shamanism or some form of these neo tantric traditions. Like, there's endless amounts of spiritual avenues that you can get distracted by. And I find that a lot of people who has these experiences, they have this. They come from this sincere. I think for many of them, I'm just maybe assuming it comes from the sincere wish to share what they've learned with other people. But then very quickly, I think people 
want to turn it into a career and a way to make money and not to say that it's wrong to make money from what you're doing. I think everyone wants to have ways to be more of service to other people and through not having to work in some crappy day job in a in an office that gives them more time to do so. So there's a careful balance in that because a lot of people still think that all spiritual knowledge should be quote unquote free. And by the way, many of it is out there and very cheap. But if you want to learn from a spiritual teacher who can accelerate your progress in a retreat and they put all together their information for you, then that's going to... It's like you're paying for a little bit of a shortcut, essentially. Yeah, that's a very important point, that balance, because there's definitely the greed aspect or the temptations of the matrix, which are usually um, greed. You know, love for money is the root of all evil, not money in itself. That's just energy from we agreed upon to exchange with. Sex, appeal and all of that, and then obviously fame, yeah. right? But again, at the from a balance point, there's nothing wrong with being more popular, reaching more people. There's nothing wrong as sex per se, you know, to approach it consciously, not to being like a slave to it, so to speak, or use it for manipulation. Yeah. Uh, also, or with greed, like you said, it's there's nothing. We want to make this clear. There's nothing wrong with making money out of what you love, or with with teachings and all of that. If it's an integrity, if the drive for money and and material success doesn't override your own in a sense of truly being of service and your in alignment of presenting your gifts and talents which is different for each of us and it's pretty normal to use money as an exchange and all of that so that's a really important point but um you know what i've noticed and i had several incidences which i want to get more into uh, these cases in the second hour but for example, of some prolific spiritual author got on my case because I was speaking out um, a few years ago against the atrocities of, of Israel, against Palestine and Gaza and the genocide that's still happening. And he was a full-on actually Zionist uh, supporting Israel and putting down Palestinian, literally buying the completely uh, distorted official script Right, and it was really astonishing because I liked this author for so many years. He was really, you know, cutting through the new age, and is an excellent writer. But I also know it's just because you're a good writer, have good intellect, and have some sort of understanding of the spiritual process, doesn't really imply that you have the level of being or awareness of what's going on in the outside world. And I'm still conditioned by that, mm-hmm. right? But what I also want to mention is like what you just uh, said as well, in regards to the temptations, what you yeah. have experienced it, and I myself too, as I became more quote-unquote popular of my work and I just you know I was never pushing myself out there just the work just mushroomed by itself like I was just being true to myself and followers of my work know that I talk about many topics that you know won't be presented on TED or Oprah anytime soon Um, but you know I made this documentary that film with my friend Umberto Love Reality in Time of Transition in, in which we also point out the what you mentioned before the new age fallacies and all of that right so I was approached by this producer um, slash writer who was pretty well known um, on the Burning Man community and has released some um, documentaries and had some great connections and he really loved my work he was ego stroking me and all of that and wanted to involve me in the n- new film uh, documentary he was making you know about trauma and healing and the deception of the new age and how the new age approach can most often does more harm than any good and spiritual bypassing and all of that so he wanted to quote unquote basically hire me for that section even made me co-producer and remember back then it how also it appealed to my ego right Mm -hmm. i have to be uh, honest about it 
Um, I was like, yeah, that would be a great connection to have. He also promised he would get me on a speaking tour with him so I could reach more people, you know. So, you know, and I also believed in the project. But then it's interesting what happened as I got more, you know, interested and started working with him. All of a sudden, he became very controlling. Mm. And it turned around like it was almost like the typical narcissist approach, ego stroking. Yeah. Luring me in like, <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, trying to control me. And basically the way it uh, showed itself was that he then started to um, tell me what I sh uh, should or should not talk about on Facebook, for example. Mm. You know, certain topics like he said, don't don't talk about this alien hyperdimensional stuff. You know, otherwise you won't get any investors. Back then I was just question, you know, doing deep research into history, World War Two, and all of that, and questioning some aspects of it just out of basic research. Right? He's like, don't do this. You know, you you know, because he was wanted to get money from investors, and you know, and I. That's when I realized, like, okay, that's I'm not in integrity anymore, yeah. right? I have would have to sell my soul, did right? You, did you take his advice? Uh, I did not take his advice. Mm. You know, I was really at this point. I was clear, like, okay, I cannot do this, and I really wrote to him, sorry, I cannot censor myself, mm -hmm. right? I need to stay true to myself, and I can't be part of your uh, um, documentary anymore. And interestingly, like then, really, like whatever force has been working through him from like ego stroking me and being all over my work then he turned the opposite and started gossiping about me attacking me on facebook and all of that turned into the exact opposite mm. right but it was a big teaching lesson not to get lured in by these um, temptations and i've been i've been also invited into certain festivals i declined to go to you yeah. know there was this one festival big festival the oregon eclipse yeah remember that i think that was that was the last year yeah You know, uh, it was a huge festival with like 20,000 people. And I got approached one of, one of the organizers for me to talk there and would pay me and all of that. But it just didn't feel right to speak, to present my work at a festival like that, right? Mm -hmm. With many people tripping during the eclipse with, you know, a lot of people know the issues of the moon to begin with. Part of me was, again, not part of me, but the ego was like, oh, they could do, reach more people, get paid and would be good for my popularity. But deep down inside, on a deeper soul level, I thought, no, this is not aligned with who I truly am, mm -hmm. right? There was another, like, so I, I declined as well, right? I'm very, for me, it's quality over quantity. I don't, I never, also, by the way, I never apply to any um, festivals. I never push myself onto podcasts. I do only people come to me and invite me, and then I decide based on my conscience, based on my internal, how I truly feel if I say yes or no. Yeah, that reminds me too, like when I was being tested as well, what was really a turning point for me, I, I'm sure some of you have seen this movie where Jim Carrey plays Andy Kaufman on Man of the Moon and Andy Kaufman was like this famous comedian slash actor. He had his own television show and had his own show on Saturday Night Live. And I think it was during his television special They basically wouldn't let him take creative control over it. And at that point in, in the movie, I think this happened in real life too. He quit the movie and decided he would just wash dishes. Like, so he went from being this huge superstar and being like, you know what? I don't care if I can't do the thing, the, the way I want to do it. I'm just going to go back to doing that. And I had that moment too, where I was like, you know what? Like, as long as I can express myself authentically, I don't care if I get like a crazy publishing deal or become more popular. I'll do whatever I need to do in order to support my own process. And I don't like, I 
I think the I think caring about suddenly like making money off of what you're doing or something that's a trap in itself as well like you and I think it's really about being able to do the work and even do it for free if you have to in the beginning in order to gain that experience and not automatically try and monetize it so because I see see very often like coaches or you know, different spiritual coaches, they'll do like this course and all of a sudden they'll just start charging like $500 to talk to them for an hour. And I'm not saying that they don't have skills, but I'm just saying that you can see that there's an element of greed in there and not wanting to be truly of service. And, you know, like, and and I think the whole idea, like pay what you're worth is like this ego trap to begin with. Like, I think you should, you should also pay what feels right to you. Yes. But then also pay, also put your prices on, on what you, what you intend to teach and what value you think you're providing people, not what your ego thinks it's worth. Yeah, exactly. And then, the, you know, on that topic, you know, a lot of people also suffer from my, myself included, especially in the past scarcity consciousness, poverty consciousness, not knowing my worth, feeling mm-hmm. bad for charging people. Actually, that's been my, my longest trouble because mm-hmm. I also, you know, was influenced by a distorted uh, spiritual idea that, you know, service to others should be free and like, you know, it's give, give, give yeah. and not, you know, not uh, return, getting anything in return, which actually I realized later on, in my studies from esoteric perspectives is a violation of balance, right? Yeah. It needs to be give and receive, right? And the scarcity consciousness, poverty consciousness is in fact a, um, is also a matrix program, which I feel a lot of people in the so-called truth movement fall into that trap and blame, you know? Once I started, you know, my work with coaching, for example, it's just, like you said, it was not like I started my work, like how could I make money, you know? <clears throat> like it just, you know, the the universe presented it. It was like answering the call. More and more people were asking me questions and all of that. So I'm investing a lot of time, you know, responding to emails to comes to, when it came to a point like, okay, I cannot, I need to be, be um, you know, I need to basically charge something because I invest a lot of time, energy, my experience and all of that. Mm-hmm. So naturally I started my coaching services and all of that. Or, you know, the big one was the webinar, for example, uh, uh, which is available on my website, eight-hour webinar on a call for interferences, which took me like you were. I've been present through the process, hundreds of hours to compiling it all and putting it all together, 140 slides, and like, yeah, I'm going to charge for that a certain amount. And people got upset about me, especially from the so-called truth movement, you know, mm. projecting on me that I'm greedy and all of that. Um, so that shows their own programming. Again, the trap of the truth movement, like, you know, f- falling in the victim blame trap. Right. And the opposite side is the other extreme is when you fall in greed, when you all of a sudden you lose the integrity and all your work is just how can I make a buck out of everything? Exactly. Right. And then I see a lot of people who are actually more gifted, have a lot of talent in marketing themselves mm. more than actually the topic any experience understanding of the topic they're trying to teach yeah and interestingly this also ties in with the both inner and outer work too because i find there has to be a balance like you also like you and i both provide a lot of free writing to people for free we put a lot of resources out there however if you want to have a personal one-on-one session with us then you're gonna also have to pay the fee for it like that's just the way it works and we provide a lot of free information out there and it's kind of i see a lot of people who basically hide all their or they don't even do that at all but hide all their information behind a paywall which i think 
You know, it's also, it's about creating that balance as well, because I think if you're truly passionate about something, like, that's what I noticed too. It's like, I, I could like, be like, you know, put everything into a book and be like, you have to buy this book in order to get this information. But I'm so passionate about sharing this information of others, because it really comes from a place of wanting to be of service to others. And I also understand that it's not just me who's going to get enlightened all of a sudden, it's going to be a collective experience. Like as you help others, you help the world. And it's just this it's this constant exchange so I think that that's really important it's like not only with our both inner work of what we're doing internally but what we can offer the world and then also you know like having different having different things available to people yes having free information and not being like you can only talk to me if you pay me kind of attitude exactly I mean same for me I mean obviously followers from my work now there are you know 50 articles essays I've done put a lot of work and research into it, all interviews, lots of films, uh, panel discussions, you know, but even, you know, speaking of charging, the second hour is only available for members, right? Mm -hmm. Because we also want people who are sincere and, and in the second hour we talk, go deeper, you know, talk about stuff we necessarily maybe don't talk publicly and then also access to the forum, you know, which also people don't understand, like even the member section, also it takes time, effort and money, <laughs> to keep it up and running, especially with the podcast and all of that. It's exactly. our time. So uh, it's all, it comes down to balance, right? Mm -hmm. And and really like understanding that nature is also abundant. And, you know, it's a fine line not falling into poverty consciousness, but also not into greed, basically. And that goes back with the inner and outer work. Right? Yeah. Do we... Um, yeah, so let's let's also get more into this topic of like how this also relates to exposing our inner shadows and then that how that exposes us to the shadows in the world. And then also conversely, like once we start to anchor more of this divine light within us, then we can also experience the world in a more positive and uplifting way. And just in relation to like my own personal experiences, I think... The just on a basic level, I've seen that the more sh like shadows I uncovered with myself, the more light I could anchor once I did my work. Yet also externally, that relates to the world. Like if there is really no difference as of the world as us as it being a mirror, there's also going to be shadow aspects in the world which we need to face and confront and deal with. And then that that gives us the possibility of anchoring more light into the world. So maybe you can share some of your own insights about that i'm sure you've been through a lot as well yes so it also goes back to what we talked about integrity and what i mentioned before conscience just basic conscience or consciousness and let's look at the basic definition again the word conscious or consciousness refers to an individual sense of recognition of something within or without oneself it comes from latin conscious knowing aware to be aware or awakened to an inner realization of a truth. It also relates to the word conscience. The word conscience, etymologically speaking, means to know together. It is derived from the Latin prefix con, which means together, and the Latin verb seer, which means to know, to understand. So basically, therefore, a development of evolution of consciousness means knowing more together, seeing things differently than previously known. In other words, the evolution of consciousness really implies working or progressing towards a higher state of awareness to become more objective within ourselves through the inner work and objective uh, with God through the world out there. 
And I know I also fell into like the patterns of like the NPC trap as well. And but interestingly, like as I worked in my own meditation and yoga practice, one of the one of the signs that it was working was I couldn't resort to the old like I used to be very into like protesting for indigenous rights. Not that that's not important, but all these things just stopped. They didn't feel, it didn't resonate anymore. And I realized more and more, like just, I was projecting a lot of my anger and pain and frustration outwards. And I think the way that you can tell your spiritual being is evolving is what used to resonate will no longer resonate. And even if intellectually, if your mind is trying to argue with you about it, something will feel off. Yeah, exactly. So that's really what it comes down to there, because this is this awakening process is truly a twofold process of the inner and outer work, right? And um, you know, again, the inner work relates to basic esoteric or psychological spiritual work to dislodge any social cultural conditioning and programming and healing or transmuting trauma and wounds in order to quote unquote grow the soul. That's the true meaning of embodiment and bring the soul to the front. And clearing the ego personality to make the ego servant for spirit to align with divine will, right? Um, but the outer work then relates to also training the mind. That's that's a big issue you see a lot, especially ironically in a lot of pop spiritual or even the yoga community who are really MPC liberal type people or in the new age, they lack the basics of critical thinking of knowing how to use the mind you know in distorted spiritual teachings the, the mind is demonized mm. yes in meditation we need to get out of the mind and thoughts but it's still if you study any true esoteric tradition they uh, emphasize about you know using the intellect like an error like sharp like aligned with higher knowledge gnosis mm. right and be discerning right so yeah, it's, the uh, discernment is also key is developing that discernment Exactly, because to separate truth and lies from in the world, and you know this again, this process is different for for all of us, and it doesn't imply to become a scholar in, in terms of how the world works. That's impossible anyway, but it's 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 a mutual in, inclusive process, right? And again, it goes even back to any you know spiritual esoteric teachings. A lot of it has become very distorted, edited. Uh, suppressed you know suppression of knowledge is the name of the game or oversimplified especially in the west we see this in yoga or pop spirituality uh, and all of that even psychological processes have become very oversimplified but when you really study the a complete esoteric teaching does not only show you the inner work of how to um, escape maya the world the matrix and find the divine within towards self-realization bliss joy quote-unquote enlightenment but it also teaches you about the reality of the reality of the world quote-unquote out there and the traps therein mm -hmm. including how the works forces even call forces any complete esoteric teachings talks about the hyperdimensional matrix in his own words right But even on a basic 3D level, it means to understand, you know, questioning the world. And it's for me such an oxymoron when a spiritual teacher or popular spiritual teacher, you know, supports a, a, a political candidate and buys into the political illusion to buy into statism and believing in government in this, you know, iconic creation and not questioning it, right? And feeding into the divide and conquer frequency. It's, it's very, very fascinating. And similar to you, when you mentioned earlier on, you know, in your journey first, you always kind of, soul projected onto others that they everybody would be questioning this and like you know 
and and be in the same uh, you know engage in the same process as you do and be sincere about it but that's not the case mm. right i've noticed it early on when i got into these topics like how can you not question the world i was like everything is a lie it's so obvious right how i've been lied to until i realized yes we are home but we are not all the same mm. and for some people they are not even in the, in the level of being to question anything or or you know to even be able to do this from yeah. a con uh, from a soul level Yeah. Yeah. And there's also the, I, I guess, the opposite side of that coin, as you see in the truth movement, sometimes there's this like overly paranoid and overly hostile view of the world. And then they're also not able to recognize compassion for others. And it's just constantly blaming being paranoid of entities or forces acting through people. And that's the other side of the coin. So yeah. it's important to have that balance, you know, like just as much as you need to observe people for their actions in the world to really find out who they are and get to know them, you also have to develop like with your own spiritual practices, trust as well, that life is going to serve you whatever it is you need to learn in order to evolve and not just be constantly looking for issues, but then also not be constantly looking to, to find people in their idealized self with just, just projecting these positive qualities on them that they don't have. And that's kind of also developing not only the objective witness with ourselves, with the objective witness with other people. Yeah. You know, it goes back, that relates to the, the esoteric triad of knowledge, being, and understanding, right? Because just intellectual pursuit of information, you may intellectually understand how the world works, matrix to a degree, you know, again, the goal is working towards more objective view of self in the world. We cannot possibly be fully objective to see the world as it is in our state of being, right? So it's, it's always, it's a progress. It's always a work in progress, Right. Like, I don't claim, and I'm not sure you don't claim to be awake in the true meaning of the word, like woke as fuck as the kids like to call themselves mm -hmm. in this day and age, which is such an overused word to begin with. Yeah, and now it's also being misappropriated. Like, people think being like woke as fuck is like, like kind of this toxic feminism and calling out like this uh, toxic masculine and, and that's also externally and it's almost like the whole that's the whole just ego thing to begin with and be like I'm more awake than you are which interestingly in my own like I went to a 10 day silent meditation retreat that was one of the first lessons I was handed because I had already had experience meditating or, or whatever but that doesn't matter but one of the first things is I encountered was my own spiritual ego basically where I was like oh my god like I'm able to access deeper states of meditation than people I'm so much more advanced than other people and then I saw how automatically through and that may be true but that doesn't even matter at all like It, it doesn't like your level of like this also the level of being and being able to recognize in others that's also just more importantly not supposed to be a point of superiority everyone's at a different place we're all different we all have different soul lessons we don't like who like we can kind of we can kind of see where people are at based on like how their what their patterns are or whatever but who are we to know as well like maybe somebody needs to learn a certain lesson that's very clear to us but maybe we haven't learned a certain lesson that's very obvious to them um so there's all there's all sorts of different ways of 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 kind of evolving our soul and there's a million different paths leading to one of the same place but that spiritual ego too is one thing that we have to confront as well and like as we do i feel our inner work um we can reach different states of being that may other people don't have access to but then our outer work is actually using that to be more of service to others and not putting and, and being able to see 
our similarities between other people, not what makes us different. Yes, exactly. Because that work truly aligns you also with your quote-unquote sole purpose, your vocation, what you're here to do in the real world, right? Let's, uh, let's maybe talk about what we mentioned several times, uh, level of being, to get really better understanding or definition, what we mean by that. And level of being really ties into the process of embodiment, how embodied you are. And embodiment doesn't necessarily mean to be more in touch with your body, which maybe it's hard to be in the body. But the true meaning is uh, really embodiment really means uh, soul incarnated in the flesh. It relates to, uh, from an esoteric perspective, soul individualization, the growth of the soul. And you see it in all esoteric uh, traditions. They talk about, uh, you know, that we're born with an essence or soul potential we need to bring to the forefront. Like in Sri Aurobindo's work or in other Eastern esoteric teachings, that the soul resides behind the heart and needs to be brought to the front. Mm-hmm. And the personality ego becomes an expression of that. Gurdjieff talks about the necessity to grow a soul, right? So a le- higher level of being means a higher uh, a person who has a high level of soul integration, which mm-hmm. is more in tune with the true self, connected to the divine, and the personality becomes an expression of that. A low level of being is the personality with all the conditioning, wounding, and programming is in charge, but the true essence is hidden behind it. So that's where the inner work comes in. The mechanical nature, too, and patterns. And that's what most people then mistake for the for their self and for their true self. Mm-hmm. Like they mistake their personality, their mask, their I, they identify yeah, with. Yeah, my desires, my likes, my dislikes. Exactly. <clears throat> so that's the work from an inner work pr- perspective, but it ties into knowledge and understanding uh, you have, you know, in order to, you know, you can also gain a lot of knowledge. Like people read a lot and have the intellectual pursuit, but just gathering information, especially from the outside world or about even esoteric literature, just reading and intellectually understanding doesn't, re- uh, and actually just collecting information, reading and even memorizing doesn't necessarily result in understanding. Mm, you know, yeah. understanding meaning having wisdom, embodied knowledge, like you apply it, you walk, your talk. Yeah. I can see it in myself at the beginning. You know, I was reading a lot, very intellectually driven, so it was resonating deep level. And I was fooling myself because I thought I understood even certain esotericism or what's going on in the world intellectually, but I hadn't embodied knowledge. I was lacking the, my level of being to really live it, so to speak. And it's still like it's always an ongoing process. Yeah. Right? So you can only come to a higher level of understanding if your level of being determines how much you truly understand in terms of applied knowledge. Yeah. But there can also be the trap, for example, Gurdjieff talks about if somebody's so self-absorbed and just inner work and shutting out the outside world, you can actually reach a high level of being, but become what Gurdjieff talks, a stupid saint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't understand the world, you don't even know how to apply it. Yeah, right? like some people are born psychic, but doesn't mean they have any understanding on how the world works. Exactly. That's a good example. Just because you're psychic or clairvoyant doesn't mean that you're awake, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? You have maybe certain gifts. Yeah, and I think uh, especially I, I remember because I got very into yoga and meditation. That was really like my first passion. And for a period, uh, I just wasn't reading any books. And that was also, I could see how that was important for a period. I wasn't reading no books at all, but I wasn't reading the amount of books I read now. And 
and back then I could see how that was important for a period because it was really grounding me in that in that spiritual practice and that consistency. But then as I realized over time, just doing the yoga and meditation wasn't nearly enough. I also had to be reading spiritual texts that I felt had some good moral guidelines to live by and then applying them to my life. So it's like learning, developing that state. And then almost it's like, I feel like in, in a way it's almost like reprogramming yourself outside of the external conditioning because if you're just doing the meditation and yoga practice then and you're not and you're not intentionally creating this kind of sense of inner values that you're going to carry out into the world then you're just going to go in the world and you're just going to get c- programmed by by the world because that's going to be what you're going to be presented with and I think everyone kind of needs just just um, automatically they need some sort of thing in the world to hold on to and for the most part that's popular culture and that's that's what they hold on to and that that almost interestingly it almost it's this collective western value system it's centered around popular culture for the most part or it's centered around academia which is another thing so i think you really have to develop the level of being to see what resonates with you and it's like okay like i'm going to learn how to i'm going to learn like you know this is a really basic lesson but i'm going to learn loving kindness for instance i'm going to get into a state of being where i can demonstrate that and that's actually what truly the hard work is because to practice that in spite of like our fearful conditioning where we want to hold back from people is is actually quite difficult like it's very easily to easy to do in a very fake way where we're like oh this is what it looks like but in order to really do that with our whole being really is goes against how the world is for the most part. So that's that's where the real challenge is, is applying the knowledge we have and then that creates the understanding be like, oh, this is how it feels. This is what it's like. Yeah, and well said. And what you just said about popular culture reminds me what I also call official culture. How right. so many people like popular, again, popular yoga teachers, popular spiritual teachers, spiritual authors, right, who present great work, have great insights, but are still very conditioned by official culture yeah. and unaware of it. And that, you know, ties into, you know, another issue which we also touched upon. The more popular you become, the harder it is almost, the more your integrity will be challenged and the more the ego can creep in the predator mind of just really being more concerned about your social status, your image, your mm. bank account, your career and all of that. So you naturally then or not naturally, automatically, people start to censor themselves, right? Yeah. And I've seen this trap in myself, something when I got like, I was questioning, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about this, that might be not helpful. And there's something to be said about external consideration, right? It's not, you also want to be considerate. Yeah. You know, the, the Goethe talked about strategic, strategic, strategic enclosure and external consideration. Yeah. And giving the asking, but this external consideration can be also abused about not speaking out. Yeah. Right. And being a fear of conflict, that's a whole other topic. But I see this a lot in pop, you know, I won't name any names right now, at least not in the first hour here <laughs> publicly. Uh, but some uh, very popular spe- people who share the, you know, I've shared their work as well, but they believe in official lies, you know, like I talked about this person before, this spiritual author who, uh, you know, justifies uh, Israel's atrocities and, and is a Zionist, uh, essentially. Or the you know very popular a lot of liberal progressive spiritual teachers believe in the in the lie of global warming, man-made global warming, man-made climate change, which that may trigger some um, listeners here. But I've written a whole article about it. Don't fall into black and white. I'm not saying that we don't have an impact on 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 the climate, but it's very very different. There's a whole manipul. There's a lot of lies out there, right? Or people again, especially nowadays. I mean, every 
popular mainstream spiritual teacher jumps on the uh, orange man bad bandwagon, the Trump bashing, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, not understanding how the matrix on the basic political level even works with yeah. divide and conquer and the illusory left and right paradigm. And it's interesting, I was invited to a um, conference, the Berlin Future Forum last year. It was a very interesting uh, conference. I enjoyed that uh, for four days, giving my talk. And, and there's actually my, my talk is on, on my website and an, an essay I wrote. And the organizer, he invited me also, one of the main reasons people invited purposely people who he said who are not popular, right? And he has been, in, you know, he's, he's a very intelligent, amazing human being and a philosopher and has really is really wise and deep knowledge. And I learned a lot from him as well. But he said one of the reasons he noticed the more popular you become, the less you are able to speak out about things that actually truly matter about mm -hmm. taboo topics, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, I feel that's that's just missing that kind of level of integrity, right? Yeah. It's almost like a bummer. And I think that I'm not implying that every teacher is doing this purposely avoiding certain topics, but they don't realize how they actually have no understanding and dismiss conspiracy topics off of hand without doing sincere research into it, uh, you know, or even more the fringe as, a, you know, deeper occult topics, you know, they dismiss something, exposing their lack of critical thinking, putting their conclusions before their research in all of that. And it's it's just unfortunate because they have a lot of value knowledge of, of their own work, but they're overly focused on the quote-unquote inner process and have no understanding of how the world or the matrix works. Yeah, and that also uh, just brings to mind, I, I remember at a certain point, it was very essential for my own Uh, journey is to give up being popular completely and 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 see that the people who I wanted to reach I wanted to reach people who are really sincere because it's also I've noticed the more popular you get the more you just attract people who are just interested in, into what you're talking about as a novelty thing or as an ego thing and so that and and that doesn't honestly on it doesn't feel it doesn't it's not fun to work with those kinds of people even though you can share information but there's a huge difference between sharing a technique and being like, wow, like uh, this has truly affected me. It's created a complete difference in the way I perceive the world. Often their life starts falling apart around them. But, but versus someone who just, especially with the topics you get into the hyperdimensional matrix, like it sounds very interesting and like this sci-fi thing and people get this very intellectual curiosity about it. But from my own experience, being confronted with darker forces of the universe is actually extremely difficult to face. And that was, it, it, it's extremely hard on a soul level as well. Just as it's hard to go through those difficult soul experiences that bring usually people to spirituality to begin with, confronting these forces externally are extremely, it's extremely hard on a soul level. It's extremely disheartening. There's an intense disillusionment process that you go through because you see how you see how everything was not love and light and everything was going to be okay to begin with, how there's this really battle between the dark and the light going on in this world constantly and how it takes constant work and sincerity. And there's a certain point on the path where you realize you have to, I feel like you maybe do or don't get to make a choice, but there's no turning back at that point. And whatever needs to come up internally and externally is going to have to come up. And then you also have to embrace this deep aspect of surrender and not let the ego go try and design what it wants for its life and just be like I surrender to whatever 
uh, needs to happen in my life and whatever my true purpose is and whatever that looks like not and giving up all of your dreams and desires and goals, your personal goals, not to say that they may not still come true, but just giving up your attachment to them. And I think for many people, they desire this uh, sense of just security externally and internally, like they want to have a big house and a certain amount of children, they want to have this amazing career and they want everyone to they, they want all these things. But and I'm not saying that that may also come, but it's also about surrendering to this higher power and I think the more that you go along this journey the more that you realize that you are not truly in control yes you do have free will but there's also a divine force which is guiding you which you have to trust did you have a quote to read that it's actually a perfect segue <laughs> to a quote I had in mind to read by Sri Aurobindo from his integral yoga teachings you know, almost the illusion of, of quote-unquote free will, which is interesting. We just watched, I want to just mention that that Netflix film. What was it called? Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Yeah, it's very interesting where you can... Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. And there's a lot of, um, you know, for the ones who have a certain understanding of, of the matrix of reality, of, of the hyperdimensional matrix and how forces work through us, not only occult hostile forces, but divine forces who actually guide us, you know, in... in pushes to certain decisions and behavior, you know, which we're not aware of why we do certain things. So that was very interesting, but it almost puts a question into, you know, the paradox of free will versus, uh, you know, predestination, mm-hmm. so to speak, or fate. Um, and Sri Aurobindo says, the state of ignorance in which you believe that you are the doer of your acts persists as long as it is necessary for your development. But as soon as you're capable of passing into a higher condition, you begin to see that you're an instrument of the one consciousness. You take a step upward and you rise to a higher conscious level. And that's, I think, the whole process of awakening is to realize that we are transducers of higher energies. And the more we are in our wounded mechanical condition, self, lower, vital, lower, ego consciousness, head-centric and, you know, have not... uh, truly engage in the embodiment process, the more we're susceptible and influenced by these occult forces, you know, using us like puppets, right? And keeping us in this matrix frequency on an unconscious level. People are not aware of how everybody's influenced by these forces. But the more you rise to a higher level, you transcend then these quote-unquote hostile influences and align more with divine will, your true self, like you become an anchor of this divine frequency, which then expresses yourself in your actions and behaviors and your vocation and your perth, purpose, which is really unique in, to each of us and different. Yeah, and I think you start recognizing, you know, those feelings within as your level of being develops. You can feel when something is the right choice. You don't, you're, I mean, yes, your mind will also be involved with it, as, as, uh, but you can, you get this, uh, and it's not an emotional feeling, by the way. It's not like all of a sudden your heart's feeling amazing because emotions also can be highly uh, uh, attached to projections and also hostile forces as well. They can be manipulated by that, but you reach this level of being where you, it's, it's, it's knowing the truth and it's very, it's a very calm feeling and it's, it doesn't have any emotion attached to it's it. Over beyond, exactly beyond the feeling. It's a deep embodied knowing, which is also not an intellectual thing. It's not a rationalization. And you had a, that's almost a topic on its own, but you know, people always say, just trust your intuition, trust your feelings, but that can be very deceptive. People mistake all kinds of things for intuition or have all kinds of uh, programmed, reactionary, trauma based feelings that have nothing to do with the situation, the present moment, so to speak. So it's important to that inner work to separate, you know, from what is real and what is not. 
Yeah. So I think I think that's a good uh, understanding of our own experiences and insights about spiritual integrity and the importance of this both inner and outer process of understanding ourselves and understanding the world. Um, so we're going to also have the second hour of the podcast, as always. Uh, we're going to go more in depth about the importance of understanding the matrix and how that relates to our inner process. And then also, um, we're just going to give some practical tips, maybe our, our own experience and how we've gone through the journey of inner and outer understanding of the world and how you can and how and how that may look for you based on our own experience, although it looks different for everyone. And maybe it's just some practical tips on how we apply that to our everyday life. So, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we hope to see you or have you in the forum and uh, see you in the next hour. Yeah. Second hour again for members to sign up, go to my web website, veilofreality.com. See you there. <laughs>